Hey, everybody, it's Jacob Newton here, professional hockey player and mental health coach, advocate, all of the above. My good buddies over at Sports Epreneur and I did a podcast together about a year ago. And ever since then, we've been keeping in touch, creating content podcasts now. So if anybody out there is interested in doing the same, having their own podcast or want some type of content creation, don't hesitate to reach out to those guys at Sports Epreneur. They are willing and able to help you out. And after listening, don't hesitate in leaving a review. And then you'll get much more access to all of my content across the Sports Epreneur platform. What I wanted to speak with you guys today about is um, my experiences in terms of sexual abuse that I went through as a, as a five, six, and seven-year-old. Um, so like I talked maybe on episode number one, um, at that time, my mom's brother had passed away, leaving behind his wife and three kids, but his wife was not fit to be a single mom. So my parents made the decision to adopt his three kids, bringing them into our family. We were already a family of seven. Now we had three more, we're at a family of 10. But what my parents didn't know is that all three of these children had been sexually abused them, themselves. We don't know for how long, but we know that it took place. Um, so anyhow, without, without that type of knowledge, my, my parents thought it would be okay to bring them in their family. Why not? Right. So anyhow, shortly after I myself was sexually abused by the eldest of those three cousins, uh, for two years of my life, five, six, seven years old. Um, and I wanted to speak on some of the experiences that I went through with that. I remember so vividly, um, telling my cousin, his name is John, that, um, if he didn't stop doing these things to me that I was going to tell my parents and I'll never forget what he said to me after that. He said, Jake, if you do that, I'm going to beat you up. So here I am now as a five, six, I don't remember at what age it was when that happened, but five, six, seven, very, very young, right? And my cousin being 16 years old, being very tall to me, he was like a monster, right? Doing the things that he did to me, how tall he was. And, you know, I didn't have any idea about really any of this stuff, but anyhow, I remember the fear um, that that statement from him to me brought into my life. Um, and I remember um, walking up the stairs at my parents' house and the stairs, there's a gap in between each step. And so you can see down into the living room and there was John, he was sitting down on the couch. And I remember looking at him walking up the stairs thinking, okay, if I go and do um, what I think I'm going to do and tell my parents, well, then I'm going to have this monster and he's going to beat me up. And so that fear right there crippled me and I did not go up those stairs and I did not tell my parents. I was not aware that had I told my parents, then potentially it would have put an end to everything that was taking place, all the sexual abuse that I was going through for those two years. Um, so I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to talk about, you know, the effects that that had on me in terms of playing hockey. Um, at the age of 15, I moved away from home uh, to Beaverton, Oregon. Uh, I grew up in California. Now I'm living in Oregon, 15 years old. Um, this was at a time in my life when I was experiencing very much depression and, and some mood swings. And for one uh, week, every single month for about eight years of my life, um, I was depressed. I was highly emotional, highly sensitive, was crying all the time, um, probably experiencing with some PTSD um, from the experiences that I had gone through in my life. Um, and then I just, you know, wanted to translate into, you know, playing hockey, uh, whether it be against my teammates or against the opposing team. Um, I'm not the most, most physical player already, but I think back to, you know, getting into scrums, you know, after the whistle blew, getting into scrums in front of the nets, um, and, and in hockey, there's a lot of trash talk that goes on. Um, and I remember, you know, 
having guys scream at me or say anything at all to me. And I remember how, um, wow, what's, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I would get so scared because they had no idea, but I knew what was, I wasn't aware of this at the time, but what I imagined was happening is I was viewing these players that were coming at me, trying to push me and punch me. I would view them as my cousin, as that monster. And so I would be so frightened, so scared. So I probably wasn't able to fully play the game of hockey. It's such a physical demanding sport. I probably wasn't able to be so um, myself because I was constantly playing the game at, from a state of fear. I'm constantly thinking that every single guy on the other team, um, you know, was my brother and therefore a monster. Um, and so then I just think about that, you know, you know, I'm, I'm going and now I'm playing, uh, you know, at uh, the junior level, I moved away from home again. And then now I'm playing at the college level. And then now I've, I've made it to the NHL and I still hadn't resolved all of these inner uh, issues that I had experienced. And so now I'm at the NHL level where you can't play from a place of fear. Um, but I did. Um, and maybe that had a result in me not making it in the NHL. I got to that level, but I didn't stay. Perhaps these types of things that I was dealing with on the inside or not dealing with for myself, I didn't deal with them. Um, maybe that had a, a big, big negative impact on my career. Um, and so, you know, it wasn't until I started getting help until um, I realized, well, man, like I, 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 this probably for sure played an impact on, on my playing days, certainly on my life and my mental health. I know that for sure. Um, but I just imagine that, you know, there's many, many, many other men and women that have experienced this same type of sexual abuse, whether they're playing sports, it doesn't really matter. You know, any type of interactions we get with, um, we go through with other people in life, um, in sports or just in life in, in the workplace or your spouse or anything like that, um, you know, if, if they do something that triggers us on the inside, we're going to most likely go right back to experiencing those same types of emotions that we felt when we were little kids being sexually abused, right? So, um, so that was exactly what would happen to me. I would be on the ice, a scrum would happen, these guys would scream at me, and boom, instantly that screaming triggered me and brought me right back into five-year-old Jake. So I'm no longer 15-year-old Jake or 20-year-old. Jake, I'm five-year-old Jake. And can you imagine how I viewed these people? And it would be the same experience for anybody that, you know, gets screamed at by their boss or their spouse or a friend or anything like that. We're no longer viewing them as a friend. We're no longer viewing them as a boss. We're viewing them as the monster that sexually abused us for however longer. And it can even just be one time. And so again, if you haven't um, dealt with those, if you haven't spoken with anybody about this stuff, if you haven't given that energy, because that's what it is in the end, it's all energy that's been pushed down and pushed down and pushed down throughout all these years of not dealing with them, of not speaking our truths, of not healing, um, if you're constantly pushing and pushing and pushing it down, uh, well, then, you know, you're, you're constantly being triggered by very many different outside sources. Um, so the message for, for this podcast is, um, you know, just, I just wanted to share some more in terms of my mental health story and how this might be able to be relatable for anybody listening to this. Um, again, I, I speak so much on just not waiting for that catastrophic in our event in our life to take place before we realize that change needs to happen. If you can remember um, that you would experience those types of things and you are now 20 years old or 15 or 25 or 30 or 60 years old, um, if you can remember those experiences, then you can probably also realize that, hmm, 
These are things that I have not dealt with in my life. And then you could probably understand that they are having a significant impact on you on your daily experiences in life with people, with situations, with your jobs, um, with really anything at all. Um, and the issue is that, you know, you know, just like with diets and with working out, we want to, you know, eat the kale and the spinach and the greens and everything one time and get instant results. Or we want to go and work out one day and get the six pack abs and the finely toned legs, but it's just not realistic. We all know that in order to get strong and, and big and whatever the case is muscular, you have to put in consistent work. If you want to uh, tone down, you can't just eat healthy one day. You've got to put in consistent effort. And over a course of three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, you know, a month, whatever the case is, you're going to start seeing those results. So in terms of, of the mental stuff, it's the same exact thing. In order to start healing um, and really start seeing some true growth um, take place, you have to be willing to, um, you know, put in that consistent effort. Um, and it's not like physical injuries. You're not going to, you know, get a note from a doctor or talk to a doctor and they're going to say, Hey, after, you know, one month or six months, you're going to be completely healed from all of your past trauma. And it's just not the case, but you know, everybody wants to talk about this light at the end of the tunnel. And in terms of, of mental health, um, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. The light is in the work. The light is in the consistent dedication to yourself, the consistent discipline for yourself and understanding that if you don't start healing from this stuff, uh, you're never going to be able to fully live your life to your uh, full potential because you're going to interact with life every single day and so many things are going to disturb you. So many things are going to trigger you and trigger that inner experience. And if you're not dealing with it, opposed to suppressing it or numbing it through many different sources, whether it be alcohol, drugs, sex, food, working out, um, then again, you're not going to be fully living your life and seeing all the natural beauty that is out there. Um, so again, I wanted to share much more um, about my experiences in terms of sexual abuse. And I hope that this um, can be something that people can relate to and potentially use to help them down their path of healing. Uh, so that's going to be it. Again, another short one. I want these to, to stay short. I don't want to have two hour long podcasts and potentially bore people. So I just want to get straight to the point, get right into it. Uh, so anyhow, I hope that will help anybody out there listening that's maybe going through some inner stuff and realizing that you're not alone. Um, the only reason why you're alone is because you choose to be alone and you choose not to share your stuff. It's so powerful if we start getting our stuff out there. And if you don't have anybody in your life that you um, can share things with, don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram at jake.newton5. I am always willing and able to answer any and all questions. I answer all my messages from anybody that sends me them. So again, do not be afraid and understand that um, I am a very happy and loving person and I love helping people. I've gone down the path for the last six, seven years of, of self-healing, healing myself. And now all I want is for everybody to operate from a place of love. And in order to do so, sometimes we just got to get our stuff out there, speak our truths. Um, so anyhow, that's going to be it for today. I love you all. Have a grateful day.